good to see you all. Um, and good morning to our folks that are watching online. Uh, more and more people are doing that, so we're glad that you're with us today. Um, so we are starting this series today called Art of the Heart. It's a two-week series, and I have a question for you. Have you ever fought with somebody over something really silly and insignificant before? Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anybody get in a fight with uh, your sweetie on the way to church today? No? You don't want to admit it? Okay, you're still scowling and your arms are crossed, so maybe later. Um, Drew and I, don't, we don't get into arguments on the way to church on Sunday morning because we don't ride together. So I get here a lot earlier than he does, so we've got that one covered. Um, some of the dumbest disagreements that Drew and I have ever had are really, they're really about insignificant, silly things. I started, um, I created this character not long after we got married that would flutter around the house carrying toilet paper because I was the toilet paper fairy going to reload the toilet paper in the bathrooms because that's what was expected I guess this was a toilet paper fairy to show up and to reload the toilet paper in the bathrooms and Drew doesn't really like the toilet paper fairy um, and then and then we didn't really have it was kind of you know Drew's philosophy is as long as there's toilet paper within arm's reach of the toilet that's cool but I'm an over the you know the over the roll or under the roll and some of you need to repent today because in 1891, the patent went out for toilet paper and it's over the roll. So those of you that think it's under, repent now. You can come to the altars later and uh, confess uh, your error, the error of your ways. Recently, one of the insignificant, really silly, I mean, I wouldn't even call it an argument, it was, you know, disagreement or just like a whatever, um, was... Uh, I, I said, family meeting. Drew, Mallory, come here, family meeting. I'm not going to fold clothes that are inside out, that come out of the dry. I mean, I'm just, they need, for the love of all things holy, if they make it to the hamper, I would like them to be right side out when they go in. I, anyone, okay, it's just me. I know special offering during communion for my therapy sessions. We'll take that up. Um, but we have these kind you know, people have disagreements. People in uh, relationships will have disagreements. And, and yeah, I'm talking today, uh, you'll hear me say something about your sweetie or your husband or your wife or couples like that. But I want you to hear this today. This is true of significant relationships. This is true of, you know, students and roommates. You know, if you're, you're living in an apartment, living in the dorm. This is, true of, this is true of parent and child relationships. This is true of maybe you're an adult now, but you're, you have your older parent that you're... This is true of the significant relationships we're in. And so today as we talk about the art of the heart, the first thing I want us to think about today is this, is how then do, do some imperfect people... How can we fight fair? How can we fight fair? Because there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be those things that we just don't agree on or we have our certain opinions on. How do we fight fair? Because here's the deal. Healthy couples, here's what healthy couples are going to do. Healthy couples are going to fight for resolution. You can change that word couples to say people. Healthy people will fight for a resolution to whatever the disagreement is about. But unhealthy couples, unhealthy people are going to fight for personal victory. I want to win. I want to win. I want to walk out of this going, champion of the world, you know. And this is what happens. And so as we talk about this today, see, and I want to reiterate this one more time. 
we're going to argue. See, the reality is, is that the person that you're arguing with is an imperfect person. And the person that you're arguing with, they're arguing with an imperfect person. We are people that we don't have it all together. We are, we are far from perfect people. And so what we don't want to say is, how do we not fight? We can't, it's, that's, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have, and sure, you might want to use another word for that. You know, fight, that's too strong. But you're going to have times when you do, it just does not connect. You're going to fight. So how do we do this? How do we fight fair? And so here's the deal. Uh, we just sang... We just sang that God is never going to let us down. I mean, and, and we were singing that out. That was a, a declaration. It was like a way of saying, thank you, God. You are never going to let us down. But folks, other people are going to let you down. You are going to let down other people. So just making that clear, building this foundation, it's going to happen where we're going to have disagreements. So then how do we fight fair? How do we fight for resolution in between two people instead of just fighting to win. So today, as we're talking about fighting fair, I want us to look at the, at the foundation verse. And this is it. This is, I'll show you a couple of the verses, but I encourage you later to go back to James. I encourage you to read this. James chapter 1. I want to read verses 19 and 20. 19 is the real focus, but 20 kind of brings it all together as to, to why this is important. But here's what James writes in, in chapter 1, verse 19. He says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. See, James was writing to, to the church. He was writing to other Christians. He was encouraging people, look, you're going to have disagreements. There's going to be things that, that you're going to need to seek resolution on. And so you need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And here's what verse 20 says, and this is important. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. See, it's not about being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry just so you can all play nice. No, this is about developing character as a follower of Christ, uh, character as a follower of Jesus, to be someone who is developing the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Isn't this what we, this journey of faith that we're on is about? It's not about just trying to be a better citizen. It's about being made righteous. So we want to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. So, so when an argument starts, you know, do you ever, you ever get the sense, you can feel it like when a disagreement <clears throat> is starting to brew? You know, you know what I'm talking about? When this is starting to happen a little bit and you feel it coming on. And we should, let's take James 1, 19, and let's look at these few examples and let's say, okay, how can I apply this? We need to be, first of all, quick to listen. Quick to listen. Um, one of the couples that were in the 930 service came up to me and said, the husband said, boy, I sure am glad my wife heard the message today. And then, <laughs> and then the, 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 the wife said, you know, you should have handed out paddles that said like him, her, you know, you can hold up during this time. I don't know if that would be healthy, and we didn't have time to do it. So, um, but listen, so when I say this about being quick to listen, sure, you might think of your spouse, you might think of your sweetie, you might think of that significant relationship, um, you might think of, of, of maybe a certain relationship that's going on right now and there's some tension and it's difficult right now and you're applying this. 
I would just encourage you folks, don't just say, I, hope, I sure hope the other person hears this. I sure hope, I'm going to tell the other person to go and listen to this later, you know, the, on, on Facebook. Would you listen today too? We need to be quick to listen, quick to listen. But, but what are we more prone to do? Now, some of us, instead of being quick to listen, we're quick to speak. We're, we're quick to just jump right back out. We, you know, we, have a, we have a response. Some of us, we're not listening, but we're completely shutting down. We just shut down. No response. You know, the quicker you can get out of the room, the better. But when you feel this disagreement coming on, be quick to listen to the other person. Instead of being quick to argue back or make a point or, you know, throw in that low blow, you know, that little jab that you just are like, man, this is perfect. This will be great to stay right here. Um, you know, my, uh, <clears throat> this is an area that's difficult for me. Um, I'm not quick to listen. You could call it middle child syndrome or just narcissism or whatever you want to call it. But I am quick to want to say something back. Defensive. And, and I, I just, I've, I've really got to work on this. And thinking of the next response instead of just listening to what drew or maybe some of my other you know, connections that I have with people where they might have a disagreement, listening in, what are they saying? So we want to be, and I know this is so, please don't let the simplicity of this just kind of pass you by and go, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, quick to listen, got it. Really think about this. Really consider this. Are you quick to listen when a disagreement comes? Are you quick to listen? So, how do we fight fair? One, we need to be quick to listen. And, and we just need to listen in more. It, here's what Proverbs 18.2 says about this. Ooh, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Um, it would not be wise next time you have an argument or disagreement for you to go, um, hey, Proverbs 18.2, like that wouldn't be smart. Not, I do not encourage you to do that. I encourage you to read it, and I encourage you to consider it, and I want you to think what God's Word says about the person who says, I don't even want to hear what you're saying. I'm just going to talk. Well, Scripture says that is foolish. That is foolish. You know, that, that's what, I don't, I don't want to hear you. I don't care what you're saying. I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. And that's so often what a lot of us tend to do in, in arguments when we have disagreements. But we're talking about the art of the heart. Okay, we don't want to talk about how to defend ourselves. We want to talk about how to fight, um, be a better fighter verbally. We want to talk about how do we cultivate these relationships that God's given to us. So when we're in this, this place of, of uh, being quick to listen, we want to look at this and say, I want to understand what the other person is saying, even if I disagree with them. See, a lot of us, we're prone to go, oh, I disagree with you, so therefore what you have to say has no merit, it has no standing, I, just, I don't have to entertain what you're saying because I don't agree. Oh man, that is a recipe for just so much strife, so much grief in relationships. Um, there's, there's no love there. There's no give and take there. We want to understand the other person. Have any of you ever experienced this before? Uh, and I know you have, so, but we'll just pretend that, that maybe you haven't. Um, you're arguing, and then one of you says something that the other person disagrees with, so you start arguing about something else, 
and then you start arguing about that and before you know it what the initial argument started about is completely lost you don't even know why you're having the argument and it's just somewhere lost in there with this immature failure to you know to listen to the other part anyone else fighting over fighting over fighting and, and you're not sure where the fighting came from and scripture says that we're foolish to not listen to the other person so what's the first thing we do what is the the first way we can fight fair with in our the art of the heart developing these relationships is we need to listen more we need to listen more and the second thing we need to do is scripture shows us still right here in james 1 19 is we need to talk less we need to be slow to speak slow to speak um, so many of us are really good with an immediate response. We need to be slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three says, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. I mean, there it is. I love how the message says the last part of that verse. It says, You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Watch yourself. Watch your tongue. Keep your mouth shut. Again, don't say, don't offer to the other person, Proverbs 21, 23. Not wise. This is for you to take in and say, you know what, maybe I don't need to say anything right here. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is not, I'll just, I'll just be quiet for a minute. I'll watch my mouth, keep my mouth shut. When you're in, a, you're in the argument, you feel the disagreement brewing, you can feel the tension in the air, and, and you know that it's coming, there's, there's two questions that are always beneficial for you to ask yourself very quickly, very quickly. The other person's talking. You're listening. You're trying to listen. You're trying to say, okay, I, I honor you, and, I, and I really, I'm trying to make sure that we're good here. I'm listening in. Two questions to ask yourself is this. Should it be said? You're listening, and you're thinking, oh, I've got the perfect thing to say right now. Should it be said? Now, if the answer is no, I highly encourage you to not say it. Um, I'm just, just, just my little advice there. If you ask yourself if this really should be said, and you hear a resounding no reverberating through your head, then I would suggest you just don't say it. Okay, just a little bit of wisdom there, just a, a smidge of wisdom. Here's the other thing to ask yourself. So let's say you hear a yeah, this really does need to be said. This does need to be mentioned. This does need to be brought out. It's important for our our relationship. So then you need to ask yourself this. If you hear a yes to should it be said is, should it be said now? Oh, timing is everything, folks. Should it be said now? Is now the time when tensions are high? Is now the time when we don't even know if we can stay in the room together much longer? Is this the best time to say what I really feel like needs to be said at some point? Usually it doesn't. <laughs> Stay focused on the issue at hand. Remember, because if we're, if we're healthy people, then what we're doing is we're saying, let's find a resolution. Let's find a place of agreement instead of just fighting to win. If you just want to fight to win, then you're going to say it, and you're going to say it now. One other thing I want to add into this, um, and I'm sure none of this is, this has never happened to any of you who've never experienced this, but you might be in a disagreement. You might be kind of going back and forth. And one of you decides that you're going to take the moral high ground, so you think, and you're going to say, you're going to kind of lean in like you're about to say something and then go, never mind, I'm not going to say it. Uh, I'm going to be the more mature person. And I have something to say, but I'm not going to say it right now. I'm not, no, mm -mm, no. I'm, I'm very mature. I'm being very spiritual. 
that's not speaking less that's just miming more and that still is not healthy that's not the way to do that to show that you are showing restraint is really not helpful when you're doing this because what do we want to do we want to fight fair this is the art of the heart we want to find ways to cultivate and develop our relationships with one another Uh, we want to make these stronger we don't want to learn how to just beat each other up verbally and emotionally we don't want to do that we don't want to play immature mind games that's 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 not the way so how do we fight fair we listen more it's basic folks i know it is it's just a matter of whether we apply this Okay, and then we we talk less. We listen more. We talk less. We're and then thirdly, it's this: is we we need to be slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. Here's the verse again: James one nineteen. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And this verse is not just talking about. Um, it's not saying just don't get angry because there are times when things happen. We are irritated, we're frustrated, and yes, we are angry. We get angry. It, that's unrealistic to say that. The word translated anger here actually means it refers to a deep-seated rage. That means there is something rooted down in there, and it is it's just ready at any moment to to come out. It is like hot lava volcano ready to spew when James writes about this kind of anger it is something deep down and again we know this sometimes when we're having disagreements and and this kind of stuff is we can tend to go down into that deep place and this anger comes out it's not this passing moment of irritation or anything like that so so how then are we slow to get angry how can we be slow to get angry um I'm going to offer some ways that would not be helpful. (laughs) Uh, And so that way we can just make sure that it wouldn't... A a really poor choice in being slow to get angry um, or helping someone not to do that is for maybe the man to tell the woman in a really condescending tone that she should just calm down during an argument. That's always really not helpful whatsoever. You should just calm down. That's not good, not good. Or, or to say something, gentlemen, like to say something like, you're being ridiculous. That's never good. Um, or you're acting crazy. That's also not, not very good. Or you're acting like your mom. Never, <laughs> never good. Um, you know, why are you always nagging me? These things are not helpful for the volcano that might be brewing across the room from you. So we don't, you know, and let's be an equal opportunity offender here, ladies. It's probably not a good idea for us to say these kind of sweeping generalization statements that we make sometimes is, you never, and then we just fill in the blank of what they never do, you know, and it's, it's not that they never do it, they did it like twice, but you never, or you always, and it's not always, again, they did it like three times maybe, but always, you always do this, or, you know, or, or when he asks you what's wrong, ladies, it's not okay to say nothing. It's not, because it's something, it's something, and you're not being slow to speak. It's, you know, maybe say, I really need to think about this before I respond. <laughs> Um, but this is about, do you, do you see the self-control that's going on here and all these things, being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry? This is about self-control. And on our own, apart from God, self-control, we, some of you might be really good at it and others of us, we are going to fail miserably. 
I'm talking about allowing the Holy Spirit of God to influence the way that you maybe have previously been thinking and acting and responding and saying, God, would you help me in this? Would you give me the self-control to be quick to listen? Would you help me to be slower to speak than I have been before? And will you help me to not be so angry? Would you help me do this? And pulling up historical data is never good. Just saying. You know, and this thing, that, that deep-seated rage, right? That deep-seated anger that, that James is referring to here, it's never good to pull up something from like two decades ago. It's just not helpful. Um, so let's avoid the historical data when we're dealing with one another. So, yeah, it's raining out. Um, hope your windows are rolled up. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, roll, kids, there used to be a handle, and there was a thing. And now, and, and now it's like a button, you know. Or maybe you just think it and they roll up. I don't know. Um, it's really easy for us to be angry. It's really easy for us. God bless my sweet husband. Or shame on him. I'm trying to discern, determine which one it is yet. But I asked him, I said, Drew, can you contribute? I want you to share some stuff that I've done that's not good. That's not been, you know, that I've not responded well or, I, you know, whatever. And, you know, what are some ways I've been quick to get angry and all that? And he, I told him, I said, free pass. I, pro I will not get upset. I really won't. And he, and he took, like, I asked him earlier in the week, and he still, and then yeah, all the way up till yesterday, and he's like, I just, I can't think of anything because I don't, I don't remember that stuff. And all you guys right now are thinking, well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Single men, write that down. We need to be slow to get angry. Why? And here's really, this is really what I want to bring it, bring it to. Because the person that you're fighting with, and specifically I'm talking about marriage for a moment, the person you're fighting with is a person that you've chosen, that you stood before God and made a covenant with. You said, I'm going to spend my life with you. And you've stood there, and, and, and maybe your hope is that you're going to have children together, and you're going to have a family together. And you've stood there, and you said, I've chosen you. You've chosen me. As far as we know, no one forced us up here. And we're standing here saying yes to one another. You've chosen this person. You, you, no, no one's forced you. And, and, and maybe even more than that, to think about that. So not only think about that in regard to your marriages, is that you've chosen this person. But now think about this. That person that you've chosen is an imperfect human being. And that person this, it has feelings and they have emotions that are separate from your own. They don't think the same way you do. They don't respond the same way you do. They don't get as irritated about some things as you do about other things. This person is a separate being and you've chosen them. And this, this person that you might be angry towards is ultimately, listen folks, is a person in need of grace. Ephesians 4.32 says this, to be kind to each other, to be tender-hearted, to forgive one another, and here's the important part, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, if you're a follower of Jesus today, then you know you've had, the, you've had the experience and the understanding and the knowledge where you have said, God, 
thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for pouring your grace into my life. I needed so desperately. Thank you, God. What are we doing then if we would want to withhold that same grace, that same forgiveness towards another person? When you really think about it, we are to extend the grace that God has given to us to other people. I mean, simply put, from God to us and from us to others. I mean, that's really what this is about. Grace to us and grace to others. This is God's plan. This is God's plan for relationship. This is the plan he set up through Jesus Christ. Is I want to be in relationship with these people, but the only way for that to happen is through Jesus. And so he sent Jesus, he sent Christ to give us life, to give us forgiveness, to give us hope, to give us the opportunity to live in to who we were truly created to be. Are we going to deny that to others? Are we going to deny that in regard to our marriages, to the person we've said yes to, that we've chosen? We need to offer this grace. We need to do the same for others. I don't think any of us in here are really left to wonder what it feels like to be forgiven and to understand God's grace. And if you're not sure, I would love to talk to you after the service. I would love to tell you more. I really would. But for those of us that know it, we need to be sharing that with others. That's the art of the heart. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. This is what he wants for you and for me. As we turn our attention now to the uh, communion table, I would ask that you take this understanding of... Um, uh, if, if, if even the scripture that we've looked at this morning and, and understand that communion is this beautiful, tangible representation of God's love for us. This is how he is, has uh, shown us in a very simple way that he has given of himself to be in relationship with us. This is sacrifice. Communion represents sacrifice, but not just death. It represents the promise of life. We... Without the resurrection of Jesus, you know, you've heard me say before, this is just a little snack. This is just some bread and some juice. But understanding what God has done for us through Jesus calls us to this table as saying, I am a person that is in need of the forgiveness of God. I am a person in need of this grace that is poured out for me and for others. That we, that we, rep that we recognize this as that kind of a holy moment, that kind of a sacrament. I'm about to uh, take a moment to serve um, some folks who will be serving you. I, I would like to mention to, to some of you, maybe you've never been here before on a, on a communion Sunday. We celebrate this on the first Sunday of every month. And this table is open to everyone. This is not a, a membership deal. Uh, we say that the, the table of communion is open to all who desire to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so we come and we celebrate this. Jesus sat at a table with his friends one night and he took a common loaf and he picked it up and he looked his friends in the eyes, his friends that he loved, friends that had disagreement at times. 
friends that were imperfect. And he looked them in the eye and said, this loaf represents my body, which has been broken for you. And then he took the cup, the common cup at the table, and he held it before them and he said, this cup represents my blood, which has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Our God is a God of reconciliation, a God of forgiveness, and a God of hope. And that's what we uh, celebrate today in the sacrament of communion. I'm going to ask those who are ser serving if they would go ahead and, and come up. And as I serve them, I would just encourage you to take a few moments in quiet prayer and contemplation um, to, um, to prepare your hearts to receive.